Hello and welcome to All Villa No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. Ollie Watkins rescued Villa with a brilliant late header to make it two all at Bournemouth. More on that in a sec. And later, Frankie cooks something special in the All Villa No Filler kitchen and serves me with one of his world-famous spicy questions. But first things first, Frankie, how are you? George, I have lost years of my life watching Aston Villa a play away from home. If you're thinking of buying me a Christmas present, buy me five bottles of whiskey, the finest you can find, hibiki from Japan, please. Maybe one nice scotch from uh, you know from up from up north of the border, because uh, the McGinn specialty. Asking what his favourite whiskey is, because I need a stiff drink every single time I watch Aston Villa play away from home. I am just catching my breath. Still, it's an hour later. I can't, Bloody hell. Like, I don't know how I've, I've still got a voice after the way I screamed and Ollie Watkins scored goal of the century with that equaliser. But, oh, my goodness, George. Uh, are you, are you going to buy me a whiskey? Uh, I'll probably get you a defibrillator, maybe. That would be maybe more useful. That might be useful. Um, so, some, something something I, I could maybe just fit you with it. Or uh, what do they call it? Um, a, a Something that you put on your... A pacemaker. Yeah. A pacemaker, just to kind of get the heart, you know, pumping again once, yeah. you know... Villa play when Villa play out from the back or something, uh, mm. just to just to keep you keep you going, really. Villa, Villa are my defibrillator. They bring me to life every time. Every, every, <laughs> yeah, can't, can't deal with the stress of it. They bring you to life, and yet will still send you to an early grave. It's the funny <laughs> dichotomy <laughs> the, of Aston the Villa paradox of the Villa, the paradox, Villa Park. Yeah, the Villa Park paradox. Yeah. Villa, Villa paradox. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but it was. I mean, it was. It was a crazy game. It was a ridiculous game. All our games seem a bit crazy at the moment. But I do have to say, Frankie, in hindsight, now that you know. The, the passage of time has passed, albeit one hour. Hmm. Um, I do think that um, we can come away thinking that was a point earned. Do you feel that way? I think so, because coming towards the end of the game, I thought this is becoming a real problem. This, some of these away performances, they're f- following very, very similar patterns. But getting that late late goal was crucial because we simply could not go into this week with a loss at Bournemouth. No, we've got City and Arsenal coming up. Yeah, It just gives us a little bit more momentum. Again, it's another example of Villa being able to fight back. But, all right, to start off, caveat, I think Bournemouth are underrated. I think Iriola is a really good coach. I think there's going to be a lot of teams that go there this season who are going to get caught out by them. Newcastle, Newcastle were a couple, yeah, exactly. Newcastle were a couple of weeks ago, lost two 0 Nick Pope had to make tons of big saves. It could have been four or five nil to Bournemouth, genuinely. And that also Newcastle played that game just days after playing in the Champions League. Villa just days after playing a, a pretty crucial competitive game against Lechia Warsaw that Thursday to Sunday, Thursday into Sunday to play Bournemouth away in the form they're in. They won three and four. Um, that was not an easy game at all. And they pressed us hard. They really, really pressed us very, very well. And I don't think we coped well with it. But I think in the first 10 minutes, Villa actually were in control of the game. And I think I was like, great. Away from home, we always seem to start a bit chaotic. We concede an early goal and we give ourselves a mountain to climb. And I thought, right, we're not going to do that today because we're all over them. And lo and behold, Diego Carlos passes it straight to their midfielder into Semenyo, who was very good, by the way. Uh, top finish. And you're just thinking, bloody hell, Villa. Like, you know, I, I don't get frustrated at Villa under Professor Unai very often, I've got to be honest. Uh, but I was really, really angry at that goal just because I thought it was a stupid mistake. There was no reason for him to make that pass. Mm. And uh, we're just giving ourselves yet again away from home, conceded an early goal, a mountain to climb. And what happens is we concede these early goals, the mountain's there, we chase the game, and those games end up becoming chaotic because it's back and forth. We're trying to work an opening all the time. We can't control the game in the way we want to. And then the other opposition team can hit us on the break when they want. 
And it just means that we're always up. We're having to chase back. It's all over the place. And we're relying on Emmy Martinez to be the greatest goalkeeper in the bloody world, which he is, because some of the saves he made today, George, one from Semenyo first half, he tipped it yeah. over the bar. Most goalkeepers let that go over them. Two saves from Solanke stretching out. I mean, my goodness, George. There's a reason he won the Ashen Award. Why he's still so underrated in this country, I've absolutely no bloody idea. Why people only talk about Alisson and Edison as the best goalkeepers, I will never understand it. Emmy Martinez could play for any team in the world. He's that good. And he bowed us out today, I've got to say. But at the same time, I think uh, there were some positives for Villa, but there are there is a, there's a concerning pattern where we've conceded early at Newcastle, Liverpool conceded in 20 minutes at Tottenham, conceded within 10 minutes at Bournemouth, conceded early at Forest, conceded early away at Lackey at Warsaw. It's a consistent pattern, and it's one that and Professor Rune, I am sure, is tearing his own hair on about out about and thinking I need a whiskey as well. I need to work out what the hell's going on. Um, so, but uh, but yeah, there's it's something that. I'm not delighted with how we had to rely on Emmy Martinez to bail us out again away from home. How about you, George? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I think our away form—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, not. Everyone knows our away form is is our Achilles heel at the moment. We just can't seem to get it right. And obviously, what makes it worse is is when we concede early. As you say, we can't reclaim control of the game, and it turns into um, into a bit of a, a sort of a, a mad free for all kind of kind of performance, which is. Not something that Emmy, you know, not Emmy, uh, not something that uh, Unai Emery wants to um, wants to see. I'm sure it's certainly not what, what I or you want to see. Um, but you know, uh, I, I said I said this to you after the game. You know, in in years gone by, um, that is absolutely a game we would have lost and lost comfortably. Yeah. Um, you know, we saw it in you know Stephen Gerrard's first game um, of previous season wasn't it we you know yep. first game of the season and we were completely outplayed by we didn't we didn't um, have a shot on target all game it was yeah horrendous. it was it was pathetic so you know those days seem to be consigned to the past thankfully um yeah. but um but yeah we 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 did struggle um and you know we do have man man, man city and, and arsenal coming up so to get something from 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 that game was was really really important for us. Yeah, um, and it was, it was cu- good character to get it. We you know we did get that result in the end, so that is that's a sign of good character. We absolutely and and it was it was great that Ollie Watkins was past fit to play because obviously before the game there was a big doubt about whether he would be he would play. He was largely anonymous, I would say. I don't know whether that was down to fitness or whether that was down to. I slightly differ with you there, George. For once, really? we differ. Yeah, I think he was quiet, but at the same time, I think the runs he made were crucial and he got the assist for Bailey's goal as well. He came deep, took the ball, turned, ball out to Bailey. Fantastic finish. We'll talk a bit more about Bailey in a sec, but yeah. I, I thought Watkins was actually, yeah, he was quieter. I think I don't think we were great in the final third, um, but I think, I still think that he showed how crucial he is, didn't he? He got an assist. He almost got another assist for Duran when he hit the post, ball around the corner, and then he gets a goal. It, sometimes, as a striker, you just need a moment in a game. True, and I think Watkins is is that type of striker, I suppose. Um, I think, I think, yeah, I, I am probably being a bit too harsh. Obviously, he did get the goal in the end and and, and the assist for sure. But I don't know. I think, um, I think he was a little bit starved of service, and not, not, not. Down to him, really. I think I think players around him struggled. Zaniolo, in particular, in the first half was yeah, was, was a bit d- disappointing. Um, and I thought when Ramsey came on, he, he did improve things slightly. But obviously, he's working his way back into fitness. So it'd be interesting to see who starts um, in our next game um, and whether Zaniolo gets the nod again. I don't know. Um, but um, yeah, a couple of couple of refereeing decisions. I think uh, yes. we can talk about. Obviously, the uh, Carlos. Uh, you know, he was 
clearly desperate for that goal to stand, given that mm-hmm. he um, he was the one that sort of gifted Bournemouth their goal. Um, very, very difficult marginal VAR call once again. Um, and, and it's always frustrating when you're on the receiving end of a, a decision that goes against you. And the sheer, amount, the sheer amount of time it took as well to kind of work out whether he, he was or wasn't offside mm. is, it is frustrating. It really is frustrating. It's not great yeah. for the game. And to be honest, I think that gave Bournemouth a lift. It did. Uh, and, it, and, it, and it sort of blew the wind out of our sails because once Bailey got the equaliser, fantastic goal from Bailey, by the way, yeah. um, you know, the, the, we were in the ascendancy and then we got that goal. And I thought, okay, here we go. Now we're going to stamp our authority. But when, when that was ruled out, away from home again, it lifts the crowd. Mm. Um, and, um, and, and yeah, we sort of struggled after that. So, so that was disappointing. And then Semenyo, um, red card, Frankie, thoughts? Yes. I think it was. I think it was a really stupid decision from Semenyo. I think he's. I think he's a really talented player. I've watched him. I've watched Bournemouth a few times recently, and I think he's been a real standout player for them. And I yeah. think he was again today. But you know, he got booked. I think it was for dissent. Uh, and then a, two minutes later, to follow that up with pulling Bailey back like he did, it was. It was a yellow card. It yeah. just was. And I, yeah. look, yeah, I know it could have been soft. It was a red card. It was, it was two yellows off. It should have been. Off. And I don't really understand what the referee is doing there. I can't help but think that he's just thinking, well, it's, you know, benefit of the doubt early in the game, all that. But, you know, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. It's, yeah. it, it should have it's, been a second yellow. Absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a booking. He's he's not he's not uh, trying to win the ball and no. he's cynically dragging a player down. I mean, exactly. that, that's, that's yeah. a booking literally every day of the week. Yeah. Um, what, why he decided to do that is incredibly daft considering yeah, literally second, you know, minutes before he picked up a booking for descent, another stupid reason to get a yellow card. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he absolutely should have been off. And, and if he went, he was one of their most dangerous players. So hmm. it could have, it could have completely changed the game for us. So um yeah, very, very frustrating that. Uh, and and I think generally speaking, I don't like criticizing the referees. I don't like criticizing VAR, but I do think it was a bad, it was a bad uh, day for the officials generally. I think on both sides, I think you could yeah. claim that that poor decisions were made. Yeah, I, well, it wasn't great refereeing, I think, and I think that uh, the um, the 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 offsides, two weeks in a row now, you know, it's Tottenham away. One angle looked onside to me when Watkins had his head disallowed. The other angle looked like a toenail. Um, same again at Bournemouth today. The angle doesn't look great. I, I think it was inconclusive. I think it should have been a goal. And uh, I can't help but think they need automated offsides to come in because that's the only way this is going to be solved and sped it, speed up the process as well. Because that three-minute gap, it, it's probably not a coincidence that soon after that, Bournemouth were in the ascendancy. Bournemouth just mm-hmm. took control of the game until about the 40th minute mark. So that was a 10-minute yeah. stretch where Villa didn't, couldn't quite recover from it. Um, yeah. It is disrupting teams. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, Villa generally, I think towards the end of that first half, uh, Douglas Ruiz, fantastic save from Neto to keep him out. Um, Emmy Martinez had to make some absolutely enormous saves today. Um, but at the same time, you know, Neto did make a massive save off Douglas Ruiz. And uh, I think Villa were lucky not to be ahead in that first half, really. Um, again, I think, I think Carlos Gold should, probably should have stood. Um, but I think with Leon Bailey, generally, his performance, I think he was consistently our best player today. Yeah. I think every time the ball came to him, he did something dangerous. He looked threatening. And, you know, the question we've always asked of Leon Bailey is, can he find that consistency? Because, you know, for years, I've always 
seen a 10 out of 10 performance from him, followed by three performances where he looks like a three, a two, and a one out of 10. Mm. Um, but then uh, his best performances always tend to come at home. Ever since beating Everton 4-0 this season in August, when Leo Bailey got an assist and a goal, he's been absolutely electric this season, every time he's featured for us, away and home. And today was a big game for him because he had he was starting away from home. One of them in the past where they, maybe he'd have been physically out-muscled, not impacted the game. Today, every time he got the ball, he looked like he believed in himself. And uh, he caused Bournemouth endless problems and he fully deserved his goal. I thought it was a great display from Leon Bailey. Yeah, to be honest. Another point I want to mention is um, every concert, first of all, that tackle that he made, another mm. last-ditch tackle, time superbly, yeah. phenomenal stuff. However, what I would say is, um, is he best suited to playing right back in in that oh. game? I, I think, I you know, my opinion He's a quality centre back. He should be playing centre back, and yeah. Matty Cash should have started again. I'm not. I'm not here to criticise Emery. He's a fantastic coach. He knows what he's doing. But uh, I do think that that he is definitely best suited playing playing centre back. Oh yeah, he's definitely best suited playing centre back. I can't help but feel that right back is an area Monchi's probably looking at right now as an area where we need to have somebody who can beat a man more consistently yeah. uh, and give Cash competition. Um, but also, I think with Conser outright, um, I, th- I think I think what Emery's trying to do, and this, you know, this is a manager who's won Europa League four times, he's played in Europe endless times, he's got to Champions League semi-finals, so he knows what he's doing. He's, I think he's trying to give players different players minutes, and I think sometimes he's calculating that he needs Conser on the pitch to come in narrow to play in that three, and he backs Conser to come in as that back three more so than he does a Dean or a Cash to come in and play those roles, yeah. which is why I think he's putting Conser there because he needs Diego Carlos to get minutes as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in the ideal world, he'd probably always start Conser in the centre and Cash on the right, but he does need to balance up those minutes, particularly when you've got you know Warsaw Thursday, Bournemouth today, and then three days' time, we've got Man City, which we're going to win 5-0, and then Arsenal, <laughs> where we're also going to win 6-0. So, yeah. you know, he's, he's, got, he's got to balance those, get those, those minutes up, and that's why I theorise is doing it, but I think it's also exposing that right back is, you know, it's an area that I think a lot of us know Monch is probably going to have to look at. Yes, that is a very, very good point. And and yeah, absolutely. You know, we are we are playing in Europe now. Um, it's unfamiliar for us, of course, but not unfamiliar for Emery. Uh, so he he knows what he's doing. He understands the, the you know the limits of the players when they when they're having to play uh, within three days uh, of matches. So um, yeah, I mean, as I said, I'm, I come away from this game, yeah slightly disappointed that it was more in the performance I was just but not the not the result I think a point away at Bournemouth given you know our track record there isn't that great our um you know they're in really good form at the moment they're picking up points they're beating some big teams particularly at home it's a difficult ground to go to because of because of how it is it's not like one of those modern stadiums that's that's you know perhaps more familiar it's very compact it's you know it's it's a chat it is a challenge it is a challenge is, the, yeah. fa- the fans are right on you so to come away with a point playing as we did i think you do have to look at it in a positive light um as you said as well at the start of this chat um to get something positive ahead of two really difficult games obviously against man city and arsenal uh is is, is crucial um so yeah you know i am i am positive but um but yeah you know we'll we'll have to see an improved performance against um you know a, a home again in the next few days oh uh, yeah for sure um i think what i would say is that i just think away from home at the moment i love i love i love aston villa i love emery i love the way everything we're doing but there is just something we have got to solve away from home at the moment where we've got to stop conceding early because it's, it's just forcing us to the game's going more chaotic because we can't control it because we're always chasing. Um, And I think that, 
you know, in the middle, I think we got a little bit out out muscle today. Um, and in the final third, we weren't creating loads. But then, you know, my goodness, that final goal, that late goal, I screamed so loud because it was it was such a fantastic yeah, header from Ollie Watkins. It was great technique, wasn't it? From the start, Paul Torres's ball across to Musa Diaby. How many times today did Paul Torres play a brilliant ball in? Mm. He, his passing, we, again, it's almost like Emmy Martinez. We're just becoming so used to it. We sat there and going, oh, yeah, that's what he does. And yeah. it's like it's like looking. It's like, like I'm like a traveller, you know, like from ancient Rome going over to ancient Persia and seeing some amazing wizardry or something. And I'm like, what, what the hell is it? What is this fantastic capital city you've built? And they're like, yeah, it's just a beautiful city. I'm like, it's a beautiful city. This is this. The gods built this. This is incredible. And you're, you're, uh, the, you're, the, you're, the, you're the yeah, the Marco Polo of the punditry world. Where you're exactly. Sort of, yeah. And that's it. And and it's like we we're, we're sat there and we're seeing these these uh, these gods in Pal Torres and Nemi Martinez and going like, well, this this is just what they do, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but that ball from Pal Torres out to Musa Diaby, brilliant. First time we've seen Musa Diaby play right wing, which is where he played over by Leverkusen. First time we've seen him play there for Villa, he did really well to hit that. It was a really well whipped in ball, sorry. Um, but for Watkins to come back, lean his neck the way he did, head yeah. it off, you know, uh, tough, you know, part of his head that's not. It, look, basically, it's a really, really difficult header. Mm. And what a header that was. This mm. guy, he's showing why he's England's number two behind the best striker in the world in Harry Kane. It was um, it was a brilliant goal. And great players do great things at moments when you need them. And Ollie Watkins did that today for Villa. He bowed us out there, just as Emi Martinez did. And uh, look, we'll look back on that in, in two months' time, I think. And we'll look at Bournemouth's results and go, do you know what? They're actually... They're actually playing well under Iriola, who's a top coach, a young Basque guy who's probably looking at Unai Emery thinking, that's who I want to emulate. You know, the Basque country seems to keep producing these great young managers at the moment. Um, and, uh, and yeah, uh, we might look at the back of that and go, that was actually a good result in hindsight. And it just gives us momentum going into City and Arsenal. Because if we'd lost today, it would have been, again, a question mark where you're like, oh, bloody hell, Villa. Um, but no, instead, we've got a result. And uh, now we can go into the, the tough fixture list we got uh, with a bit more momentum again. All Villa, no filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. Now it is time for this. Gladiator 2 is due out next year, but this could be a fine taster as George and I go head-to-head in this The Spicy Question. I'm fairly sure me and George would be the worst gladiatorial combat of all time if we were in the Coliseum. But uh, today, George, I ask you, uh, what would be a good outcome from the upcoming City and Arsenal games? We, you know what? We should we should try and pitch um, you know the Rome Council to see if we can get in the Colosseum to do this podcast. That would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure they'd, they'd give away. Let's just sell it, sell it to them that we'll talk about Zaniolo a lot. Yeah, and I imagine you know Maximus Maximus will be looking down, thinking what the, what is going on here? Yeah. Times have times have changed since when yeah. I was. Uh, it'd be like can I, was I down there? It'd be like can I die again? Do I have to <laughs> yeah. do I have to sit through this? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, I think I think. Listen, we we've got to look at these games in a much more positive light than perhaps we would have done, you know, a few a few weeks ago. Um, we're in, we're in fantastic form at the moment. Uh, I know there'll be a lot of Villa fans who will be uh, disappointed that we didn't get a win at Bournemouth, but I think you have to take it into context of of all the all the things you mentioned. The fact that Bournemouth are in good form, uh, the fact that you know we're away from home and our and our away form isn't isn't great at the moment, and to, to get a point there was was good. To get it you know as late as we did shows character in the in the team. 
like there's a lot of positives we can take away from from the Bournemouth uh, the Bournemouth game today. Um, uh, obviously, Man City, Arsenal, two of the best teams in the league at the moment, and they've proved why they are with their performances and their results as well. But listen, at home this season, incredible. We are simply unbelievable. It's a, it's an impeccable record. It will be a challenge, no doubt. But I do think at home. If we've got players fit, if you know, if what if Watkins is back to 100 percent um in the next week or so, you know, the next few days rather, um, we've got to we've got to look at it with with a sense of we can get something. Mm-hmm. I do and I and I do think we will. I mean, whether it's against Man City or Arsenal or both, ideally, um, I think we will surprise people uh in the next two games. Mm-hmm. Um you know, uh Man City is as as we've seen in in you know the games against Chelsea. The game this afternoon against against Tottenham, they're conceding goals. You know, they're not they're not there's there's a chink in their armor. They can be got at. Mm-hmm. And I think if we can remain defensively strong, which granted we haven't been in recent weeks, you know, we've got to work on that for sure. But if we can stay defensively strong, then um we've got the attack to hurt to hurt Man City, absolutely. The likes of DRB, the likes of uh Watkins obviously, uh, the likes of Ramsey coming back into fitness. Like they're we've got very, very good players. And if we use the the the, the, the advantage of, of playing at Villa Park in front of a huge crowd, uh, I think we've got a very, very good chance of um, of ruffling some feathers. 100%. Uh, I think we could definitely cause Man City some problems. They're missing Rodri. He's been suspended. And I gather within the last few minutes, Jack Grealish has also been suspended. Um, clearly wanted to sit in the Trinity Road with his, his family watching it, maybe. Um, yeah. You know, uh, look... Um, Man City Unai Emery is the one who do he personally has against Pep Guardiola he does not have a good record against Pep Guardiola they've played a lot of games against each other I don't think Unai Emery's ever beaten him Um, it's an extremely tough game Man City always hurt Villa even when they were rubbish they hurt Villa Um, I do think they're going to cause us a lot of problems on Wednesday night just because they're just so fantastic and Jeremy Doku I, I don't know. I just I just think they're going to pin Villa back a bit on Wednesday. But Doku has come off injured in this game. Oh, okay. Well, that anyway. That said, um, I think Villa will cause them problems as well, and I think we're going to score against them. Uh, Ollie Watkins likes a goal against City. Um, no, I definitely think we can get something out of it. Wednesday night, three days after they've just played Tottenham, tough game today. Who knows how that ends? Mm-hmm. Um, they're not yet. In that sort of, I mean, normally what City do is they'll get one win and then they'll go on an 18 game winning streak. They're not in that kind of form yet, clearly, and they are conceding goals. Uh, so Villa at home, we have got to believe that if if we've got an opportunity to, to beat City, you know, any year, any time, this probably is a very good opportunity to get something against them. Mm-hmm. Um, how the high line holds out against City, I'm sort of fascinated to find out. That said, I think they'll be ball dominant City probably. So I'm not sure how often we'll be able to catch them offside, given that we'll probably be pinned back a bit for a large mm-hmm. period of the game. But mm-hmm. that said, I do think Villa, if we if we are the team that's playing more on the break, we can definitely hurt them. I think if Bailey's in the sort of form he can show today, and if Diaby, you know, can get in behind, if um Ollie Watkins can drag their defense around and they don't have Rodri there as a as the anchor in the middle to you know clean up then I think there's definitely damage to be done against them I think you know we do have to remember as well Warsaw Bournemouth City three massive games in quick succession that's hard 
that's yeah. hard. But I don't City have had three big games themselves in a row uh in quick succession. I, I don't anticipate either of them will be full pelt at their best. Might be some legginess in both sides. Yeah. But uh I think then following that up three days later with Arsenal. Arsenal will start fast. I think Saka outright playing it back to Odegaard, Declan Rice beyond him, Zinchenko coming in. Um that'll cause us tons of problems as well. But Arsenal start well, but they don't put teams to bed. They didn't do it to Wolves. They haven't been doing that all season. They've been a yeah. bit been a bit odd like that, Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I think we'll cause some problems. And I think it could be a repeat of last season where when Zinchenko came forward, if it is Zinchenko playing left back, um, as that inverted fullback, we tended to get in a few times back there. I think we could do the same identically again. Uh, I think we can get him behind him. And at the same time, when he's on the ball, put him under pressure like Wolves did and he gave away the ball and they scored. Put yeah. him under pressure because I don't think he's in the best form. So I think Zinchenko is a man to look out for there with Arsenal. Um, I think, I don't think we're going to get six points, but I, I'm going to say, I think we might just lose one, if I'm honest. Okay. But I think we'll get a draw. I'm going to say we draw with City. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think, I think we'll give Arsenal a game. Uh, I do. I think. I think recent our form against Arsenal recently, particularly at home, has been has been good. We were very unfortunate last season to lose that game yeah, right, yeah. with that kind of last minute ball off uh, off um, Martinez's back that sort of trickled in. I thought we played so well in that game as well. Uh, and yeah, you know, I've watched a bit of Arsenal this season, and and as you say, there's 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 they again they they're not as they don't play as dominantly as um as you might expect for a team who are you know obviously trying to trying to win a title i think they they are they do have weaknesses there um and and wolves you know they did come into that game at the end they, they didn't have enough to to get to get anything from it but but you know away the emirates they played they played well uh, in the particularly in the second half so yeah i think we'll get something against arsenal um and yeah i think that's where our where our point will come i think we'll get a draw at arsenal and then probably lose against city but We'll see. Okay, thank you everybody for listening. I've been your host, George Zielinski. Frankie, see you later. Catch the bit, George, up the villa. Up the mighty villa, and it is goodbye from me too. We will be back again soon to review those two big games. But until then, come on Super Aston Villa. <laughs> <laughs>